The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. And I chose these challenges for reasons to help enhance my life, help with stress and communication and overall health. This is kind of, you know, my discipline and health bundle, if you want to say. So these were non-negotiables for me. And I wish I could say every day was perfect, but it, it was not. So the four that I did was... Hold your station, this education is relevant. The motivation through conversation is evident. We're talking spiritual body, mind, development. This is the manhood experiment. The manhood experiment. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the manhood experiment. Today, we got a fun one for you. It's going to be short, concise, hitting the highlights of the benefits of putting experiments to the test. So you've heard of people dropping in, you know, 30-day challenges. We really want to break down the nuts and bolts of why people do these challenges, what you can get from them. And then I'm going to take you inside and let you know the data and the observations that I got from doing a couple fun ones here to start the year out. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. What you're going to get from this is probably some inspiration. You'll get a game plan to help you get some results, either break a plateau or create some extra excitement in life to make a shift, whether it's for your health, productivity, or business. So without further ado, let's get into it. I got T-Rex and your boy J-Dragon here today hosting this one. Just wanted to throw it over to you, T. What's new in your world? Everything going well? Yeah, everything's well. Dreams is out because his wife is having a baby. So Dreams, when you listen to this, all the best, brother. <laughs> yeah, sending good vibes. Yeah. I'm excited about this topic because lately things like 75 hard and there's so many challenges popping up and we just jump in the challenge, but we never really understand what's the building blocks and why it works. And I think you're going to touch on this today. And so you don't have to necessarily depend on all the challenges out there. You can create, if I'm right, you're talking about challenges you can create for yourself here. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. You know, I want to break down really what we mean. So when we're talking 30-day challenges, you know, it's an idea that many of us have either been exposed to or have experimented with. And it can be a game changer for us in many ways. The idea of a 30-day challenge is pretty simple. You know, you're committing to doing something every day for 30 days and you try to make this non-negotiable. And it could be anything from meditating for 10 minutes a day to doing 50 push-ups every day, to writing 500 words a day. The key is to choose something that's meaningful to you and that you want to make a habit of. And you're giving yourself an opportunity to see if it's worth it. You're attaching accountability, ideally. And I can think of a couple of things I've done in the past that made me want to play around with this more. But you know, it could be for, let's say you write content or you're working on writing a book or you know, Jerry Seinfeld had this whole idea of not breaking the chain. When he was getting started in his comedic career, he said it was all about consistency, getting his reps, getting out there. And he said he was going to write a joke every day, good, bad, it didn't matter. 
And what meant the most to him was when he was looking on his calendar, he'd put an X every day that he didn't break the chain and trying to get as much consistency. And I've seen this firsthand from hosting numerous weight loss challenges or challenges with gyms or with my clients. It's nice that people can commit because you see an end point. When we have a vague goal of, you know, I want to I want to get healthier or I want to improve my finances and save up money. That's too vague, it's too general often. But if you have a goal and you say, every day I'm going to find a way to deposit into my savings account for something specific. You're going to find a way to do it because you have that commitment, you have that structure. And it's the same thing with challenges. If you're going to track your food or you're going to avoid an excessive amount of sugar, something specific like under 50 grams per day, that is an objective. And it's a lot easier when we have objectives like we have a destination of where we're going. So for me, I think that something like this is more valuable than you get a lot of people with a new year coming of trying, you know, New Year's resolutions, which we know what goes right along with New Year's resolutions is how temporary those are. People start them and then they often get pulled right back into the distractions of life and their comfort zone. So for me, I like thinking that this is easier to commit to. If I like it, I can keep it, I can keep going. But I find that there's an excitement in this. There's a level of curiosity in trying to challenge. There's a way to spark some momentum and just really spice up your life. And I think that it's just really is easier to commit to and that makes it really appealing. It also allows you to be able to reinforce discipline. Something we talk about on here is the idea of feelings follow behaviors. Feelings follow actions. We don't always feel like it. And I've had to have this talk with many clients in the past that you don't feel like training, you don't feel like prepping up food. But on the other side is what we came for and ideally some of the benefits. So just to tap into benefits of what I have noticed from this and data and observation from studying why people do these challenges, they are extremely popular. Numerous benefits, but first, you know, it's a great way to build a new habit. You're doing something consistently, for 30 days, by the end of it, it becomes automatic, second nature, you have a new type of awareness, plus you're more likely to stick with it beyond those 30 days. So if you have those good intentions, you can always say, hey, I'll try it, and if I don't like it, I can drop it. But you're looking for things that don't really disrupt your life too much, you're looking for things that you just decide to do, so you remove the overanalyzing out of things. But it's especially a great way to build discipline and willpower. Doing something every day, no matter how small, requires a certain amount of discipline and commitment. And the more you do it, the easier it becomes. And this is true for so many things. It could be for confidence, asking challenging questions. You could do little things like ask for a discount everywhere from the coffee shop to shopping. Like You make a habit of that. And then in that tough situation, you don't, you don't overanalyze things because you have enough practice. You got your reps in, as we talk about a lot. Another benefit is it's a great way to try something new. And maybe you've been meaning to learn a new skill, try a new hobby, but you haven't had the time or motivation. You know, doing a 30-day challenge is a great way to build confidence. You know, when you set a goal for yourself and achieve it, it gives you a sense of accomplishment and confidence that you can apply to other areas of your life. You know, think of the domino effect that spills over and creates some momentum that supports that overall belief factor. 
when I make the habit of preparing myself to drink a gallon of water daily, it really increases the likelihood of winning the day as far as my diet and eating goes because I'm more likely to prepare other food items that are in line with that because I made the time to do it. So I'm going to go over my challenges that I did for the last 30 days. I'll cover the four challenges that I committed to, you know, what I learned and what I struggled with. Before I do, uh, you all want to hear what you think. T, I know that you have some experience with some challenges such as the 75 hard that has gained a lot of popularity over the last few years. You know, this is a serious business where the framework is around following a diet of choice, completing two 45-minute workouts, one being outdoors, a daily progress picture, gallon of water, and reading 10 pages out of a book. You know, what was your intention and why do you think this has worked? Yeah, so I think one thing I loved about the challenge, 75 hard or any other challenge, was the gamification of it. And I think that falls under one of the whys or benefits that you mentioned. When you gamify something, it just becomes... If anyone ever played a video game and collect points or had something they check off and it's sort of like it gives you a dopamine rush that you're actually progressing to different stages. I think the gamification side of things is what I really liked about it. And the visual aspect of it too was that when I start filling in boxes or in this case with the 75 hard was the app, you get to see every day it's being crossed out. And somehow that visual representation of progress that I'm actually, I started here and this is how much behind me that I've accomplished. I think just seeing that alone also motivated me. But I think going into, just to answer your question really specifically, going into the real reason why I did 75 hard uh, and the challenge is because to get more consistency, there's always these distractions and always, you know, easily to get off course. But having something set in stone almost that you just check off every single day and uh, it just gave me more momentum to progress. You know, I agree. I think when you have something that provides gamification, you're more likely to stick with it with adherence because it's fun it just gets you to continue i think that little those many small wins and that momentum that keeps it going and it really just comes down to the consistency and commitment and i love how you know i mean that's an intense challenge where it's all about continuous so if you mess up you start back over again so that's a big commitment i think these 30 days certainly are a little bit easier to to stick to i from being in the nutrition diet world I see so many people try to diet that even paid me money to help enter a challenge or get coaching and don't follow through because it's easier to play that game of the what if or you know if I would have tried I would have got this and instead maybe have this internal dialogue of saying maybe this just isn't for me maybe this diet doesn't work for me maybe it's my genetics maybe it's the training or whatever and in reality, a lot of people just don't follow through. And so I think that 30 days, whether there's a magic number about it, it's a month essentially, it's realistic. You see the end in sight. It makes it you know, fun, all the aspects you said of, of attaching the little dopamine rush of like Pac-Man going from one thing to another. So let's get into it. So I did four different challenges. Started with a couple I'm hosting another challenge with a group right now. So I added a few of these into my current lifestyle. And I chose these challenges for reasons to help enhance my life. 
help with stress and communication and overall health. This is kind of, you know, my discipline and health bundle, if you want to say. So these were non-negotiables for me. And I wish I could say every day was perfect, but it, it was not. So the four that I did was drinking one gallon of water every day. I know it sounds really simple, but I'm going to expand on that. The second was getting 10,000 steps in per day, which got interesting because five days a week seems like you're doing it, but that's only 70% of the time. So when you're really holding yourself accountable, that became challenging. The cold showers, especially in the wintertime when it's colder, is a whole lot more real and you don't feel like doing that. And then the complaining. So no complaining. This was specifically to help my wife and I try to improve our relationship and dynamic. And what I noticed about this is going to be really fun when I dive in the, the internal dialogue conversation that I had with this as well. So I'm going to start out with drinking one gallon of water daily. Simply the why behind this is I had donated blood recently and had an issue with it. They said basically I was dehydrated. And at first I was like, how could that be? I feel like I drink water all the time. It was what it was. I wasn't drinking enough water and I had to examine it and break it down. I always have a water bottle around me, but I sip water a lot. And I don't know if any of you guys can relate to that. I don't take big drinks, but when I had a goal of getting a gallon, I needed to be more strategic and specifically drink 20 ounces when I woke up, drink 20 ounces between meals. And I had this exact amount and I kept a gallon in my house to make it specific because I didn't want to assume. But what I noticed was more mental clarity. I noticed that my skin felt better. I noticed that I had less aches and pains. And I really think that it helped my digestion. And I don't typically drink water with meals, but by drinking before and after, I felt like I was satiated a lot better. And we know that water helps the whole detoxification process. For me, this was challenging. It was challenging because water is not very desirable. And I think a lot of you guys can relate to this. You know, me adding in like little quarter servings of electrolytes helped making it a game and just chugging like eight ounces or 10 ounces at a time. But there was times that the later in the day where I was just like, I would be drinking water and I just did not feel like it. And it got to a point where I just, I got used to it, but I focused more on drinking a specific amount at a time rather than just sipping. But having that visual of how much water was left in the day really helped me out quite a bit. This is something that I'm going to continue to try doing as much as I possibly can because it's like a cheat code with working out. Like you're going to get a better pump. You're going to have more energy. So that's something that I'm going to stick to. It had, you know, I'm drinking less sugar, which I don't drink a lot of sugar as it is, but it gives me something else to drink. So it's kind of crowding out those other things that get in the way. The next one, 10,000 steps. This is such a cliche thing that a lot of people say, again, not a magic number. Maybe it's 8,000, 10,000, but here's what I can say. 10,000 steps is roughly five miles a day. Many of us have just gotten comfortable. We're sitting around. We got remote controls for things. We order food. What I had noticed with this is when I travel, like if I'm in Europe or Asia and I'm walking around, on my feet, I feel like I can get away with a little bit more leniency with what I eat and my body stays toned and lean. I feel like my digestion is optimized and the research backs this up. So the 10,000 number has been associated with a few studies of showing how walking is low stress. It helps our cardiovascular health. The study that I really liked was the study that showed that three 10-minute walks per day lowers your postprandial blood sugar. So that's that blood sugar spike that we get from food that we eat, especially carbohydrates, which is associated to our hormones, but our energy being more consistent and sustained. So walking 
Helps your blood sugar, also helps with digestion because you're staying upright instead of just sitting down and being in a slouch position so your body can do what it needs to do. And it was more challenging. I mean, as you could imagine, five miles, a lot of people, you probably are not walking five miles. So I would park further away. I would look for reasons to walk more, take phone calls where I'm walking, go on walks with my dog. And then the afternoon, I'd look at it. And if I was had a low amount of steps, I would go for a run, a light run, even if it's a jog. And I found that on days where I was doing a one mile or two mile run, it made it so much easier. And I really got a lot of satisfaction off of getting a percentage of that done before a certain time. Like by 8 a.m., I already have 30% of that done, like 3,000 steps. And this was something that just became fun. But running was what I almost needed to do. But I felt like this helped my metabolism and tightened up my body. Plus, it gave me a chance to go on walks with my spouse. We could make it a habit. I'd walk my baby walk the dogs, just getting outside, even when it was chilly. So there was a lot of days here in the low 30s that I was still committed to doing this. And I'm really proud of myself for following through with that one. And there was something really gratifying about seeing that number above 10,000. And I can tell you there's a few times where, you know, I was like at 8,500 or 9,000 and it's 9 p.m. And I'm like, I'm going to get these in. And I'm glad that I did. Love that one. Highly recommend that. Before we continue, we need your help. We'd like to reach more like-minded people just like you and share our knowledge on personal growth, health, and success. So can you do us a favor and in your podcast app, hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star review and leave us an encouraging comment. Do it right now while you listen to this episode. That will help us know you're listening and that you care and that little action will help us reach more folks. Now back to our show. Before I go on, I got two more good ones. T. Have you played around with either of these, the, the steps or the, the water? What I notice is when I do track this 10,000 steps, I am very consistent. When I don't track it, I'm inconsistent. So that has a lot of truth to it. And the, the fact that you put it into a 30-day tracking system, that's something I wanted to ask you for the listeners. How do you track these things? Do you use an app? Do you use uh, print it out on a sheet and cross it out? What's your method of tracking these things? You know, so I have a, a Google Doc sheet, really simple. And it's set up with this cells data represent each one. And I put a little X in it. And it's something that I think I'm going to make available to have as like a, just an easy free download for people because I can tell you it's very gratifying at putting a little X after something at the end of the evening, as silly as it is. 100%. Like you could have a day that, it's kind of a so-so day, but you achieved this. As nerdy as it sounds, it really feels good. And I think that's a great point because we very rarely look at our achievements or have records of it and could look back and say, okay, well, this past week I achieved X, Y, Z. And that's something that's built into the challenge that when you do this, you're tracking your success. And I think for a lot of times, we're just so much focused ahead that we don't look back and look at, oh, these for the last couple of weeks have been so consistent and that's rewarding. Yep. No, spot on. And for example, in my business, I'm working on a couple of projects right now that are just moving really slow. It was like writing a book. It was very ungratifying, but like steps that needed to get done. Whereas you can go a week without feeling like you're moving things forward too much. Whereas doing these challenges really did just add to that extra confidence and made me at least feel like I was achieving things when life can be redundant at times. So I think that that's a, a fun byproduct of, of all of this. So number three, cold showers. 
So cold showers, again, this is something that's hyped up. I feel like you can't look through social media without seeing people flexing that they get in a cold tank or whatnot. Whether there's significant health benefits, you look into the studies and you could see that, all right, maybe there's some general circulation benefits of your body getting cold and flushing all the blood flow in and then it goes back out. The most well-documented benefits from doing a cold shower or these cold tubs, you know, everyone's referencing uh, Andrew Huberman these days, but he had referenced it, the dopamine factor. So it's an opportunity to be able to wake yourself up, that energy that you get, and it's associated with discipline. It's something that you don't feel like doing. So I think if anything, if you're just doing it to decide that you're going to do it, you're not going to overthink it, you're going to get a surge of energy. And a cold shower can feel a lot different depending where you're at. Like a cold shower in North Dakota or North Idaho or or New York when it's cold is going to feel a little different than Southern California or Hawaii just based on how cold these pipes are going to be allowing the water to come through. But the cold shower is something that how I would do it is if I felt like my body was dirty and I needed the shower, I'd start out with warm first just to wash this layer off of myself. And then I would finish for a minimum of a minute in cold. Then there were times where I felt like I just wanted to jump in right to the cold shower. And that's what I would do a lot of times if I was short on time was just hop into the cold shower and let it warm up as I went on and I would breathe through it. So I would try to control my breath. So remember when it comes to breath, if you want to slow down and get calm and focused, you're taking big inhales that are calm collected, think three to four seconds in. And then try to extend that exhale, matching that or a little bit longer, three to four seconds out. So I found that that would really help me once I got in because it's going to take your breath away. Like people say, you're going to naturally want to do this really short, shallow breath. And if you're trying to get pumped up with a lot of energy, that maybe is the thing that you want to tap into. But the cold shower, I find that it helps me look more awake. It makes me feel more awake. And then when I would get chances, I would count it as going into you know either a cold pool that was not heated or the ocean and I would hang out there and I would extend that for longer periods of time as long as 20 minutes at times so I tried to get real crazy with this one so cold showers helps with discipline that's something that I've been flirting around that for a long time so I think I'm going to continue to do that but it was more of a commitment knowing that it's coming off a winter time where the water is certainly more surprising okay finally the last one before I give you guys a nice summary and how you guys can put this into a test as an experiment for yourself. And that's what we're all about. Complaining, the no complaining. I originally got this inspiration from, I think, Kevin Hart. You know, Kevin Hart, dude's uber successful. Just his work ethic is unmatched. And I read one of his books or listened to his audio book. It's called The Game, or I, I can reference exactly what it was, his most recent Audible book. And this was something that, he did no complaints for a week and you'd start back over. For me, I was going to do 30 days going through parenthood, having a child. There's times where my wife and I would have our disagreements and I could find myself, it's something that I never valued. Like, oh, why, you know, I never want to be a complainer. It gave me a new way to approach things that I wasn't satisfied with or I wasn't happy. And it's not about settling and going along and being treated unfairly. But it allows you to reframe things. And this really helped me with pausing rather than reacting. I could respond in a way that I chose to. And this one was the hardest out of all of them, without a doubt. For example, when you're sleep deprived, you're fatigued, you are just not 
the most patient, loving, disciplined version of yourself. And this happened over and over again. So the goal with this was when I felt like I was going to complain, I wanted to pause and switch to a mindset of gratitude and take responsibility. And so often when I did that, it at least gave me a chance to realize that I can take responsibility of this environment that I'm in and I do not need to make things worse or create extra issue just because I feel like I'm in a complaint. And it forced me to look for the things that I'm grateful for. You know, I've been traveling and staying in a guest house or a hotel recently a lot lately and just getting back to my house and just being thankful for the space that I had, even when I got woke up at four in the morning, the little things, you notice those things, like the things that got me excited to move to the place that I lived in the first place. Even if it's cold, I find things. Instead of saying it's cold, it's like, gosh, it's great that the sun is out. Even if it's going to be 33 degrees out, I'm glad the sun is out. And so finding a way to pivot from that natural complaint that, I mean, some people like to do the self depreciation type of thing for humor and have fun with it. But at the end of the day, we all could complain a lot less and it will only benefit your life a whole lot more. So that one, biggest challenges where it's extremely challenging. There's times where you feel like you're being treated <laughs> unfairly. You think that someone's acting irrational or all the things are stacked up against you. And it's so natural to want to be defensive. But this awareness that came from this was powerful. And to say that I did this all 30 days would be a lie. I tried to, and I certainly got a lot out of it. But there's days where things just slipped out when you feel like you're being attacked. You know, like that falls into the category of complaints. But where I'm getting the most out of this one was internally when I naturally feel like, oh, poor me, or I'm looking to, to be a victim. I could reframe this as look, what is great right now that I can notice? Because it's easy to notice all the things that are going wrong. What is great that I didn't notice before that I can notice right now? And that's a huge, huge win. And I hope that somebody can take something from that. I want to get into the summary and leave you with the experiment. Before I do, T, what do you feel about that? Like, how do you think about those last couple challenges or the complaints? Man, I know about the 10,000 steps, the cold showers, the gallon of water. I've done all of that. The complaining one, that's a real eye-opener. I definitely want to try that. It's so unique. And just so that you guys know, I've known Jason for a couple of years, and this dude looks the part. He acts the part. And this is one of his tools in his tool belt that he consistently uses. Anytime I talk to him, he's doing some challenge. So this is not an overnight thing. He's being so consistent with these challenges. And when you know Jason and you see him, you could see the results. But the complaining one is definitely something I want to really... <laughs> that's something that's really intriguing. So awesome. Really awesome stuff. Yeah, good stuff. And to touch on that, you know, obviously it's fun to pick these types of challenges. But the complaining thing, it's something that I think not obviously proud of or something I almost could go as far as saying that I have shame for in the past is being judgmental, judgmental of myself, judgmental of the people around me. And the easiest way is if I can shift judgmental into curiosity and curiosity for what is good in the moment. And there's going to be things where you need to address things so that, you know, that 30 days, again, you're not allowing yourself just to get walked all over, but there's different ways to go about it. And I think it will improve your communication if you give that one a try. So like every episode, you know, we got to leave you with an experiment. That's what we're all about. So the 
experiment, this actionable thing right here, we're going to leave you with is, first of all, if you're convinced, inspired, or you're thinking of doing a 30-day challenge, here are a few tips for you to get started. First, choose something that's realistic and achievable. You don't want to aim for something that is completely unrealistic because that's going to leave you set up for failure and then you'll be hard on yourself. So pick something that you can actually do that does stretch your limit, your comfort zone a little bit. And you don't want to set yourself up for failure by choosing something that's way too difficult or way too time consuming. We think that what our future, our week or next week, our hero self is going to have all this extra time. So we've got to be realistic and make sure that we can fit it into our day. And all these things for me fit right in. Make it specific and measurable. So instead of saying, I want to exercise more, say, I want to do 20 push-ups a day. This way you can track your progress. You can see how far you've come. But it's measurable. And maybe it doesn't seem like a lot, but when you stack that up over the end of a month, you know, 30 times 20, was that 606? It's a lot more push-ups than when you've done if you didn't plan anything. And that could be with walking, pull-ups, you fill in the blank there. Make yourself accountable. This one is magic. When I host these challenges with groups, we have everybody document and share online. We'll do tracking different exercises. But by telling your friends or family about your 30-day challenge or posting it on social media, this way you're more likely to stick with it and you might even inspire others to join you. And things are always more fun when you have a partner to do it. Hey, I'm going to do this challenge. You want to join me? That makes it fun. You know, I bit off four of them. Maybe it's better to start with one or two. You can have it fun that way. Again, keep it realistic. So that's all we got for you today. We hope you've inspired to try one of these 30-day challenges you know, on your own. As always, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram or shoot us over a message anyway. We appreciate you. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Boom. Hey, what's up? This is Big Dreams. Thank you for checking out today's episode of The Manhood Experiment. If you liked today's episode, please subscribe and give us five stars. Not only does your feedback matter, but it helps us to connect with others just like you that find value in our weekly episodes. So subscribe, share, and speak with your friends and family about today's episode. And most importantly, take care of yourself, keep growing, and join us again on the next episode of The Manhood Experiment. This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer.